Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. That's how we own it. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general... And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets, streets and, and politics meet. Why you got to say it like I say it? Why you can't say it your own way? Because I have to match the cadence, Tamika, because they're going to match them together. So if there's no cadence, then it's going to be off. So when you say it away, I try to say it the same way. So when they put them together, that it actually meshes. No, I want you to go. The place where the no, because it does, it's not going to line up. It's not going to line up together. Can't line up. The me. Don't talk like me. Anyway, you want to? You, you, that's called being a biter. You're it's a biter. Actually called trying to be in alignment. Oh, in there's sync. alignment on street politics. Sync. I didn't know about that. Now I let me get into alignment. Yes. Sometimes in sync. How about that? Let me tell you this about my situation. I don't know if I already told you this or not, but for the audience, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning to leave New Orleans for, no, I woke up at three o'clock to leave New Orleans for a 
529 flight. So I wake up and I see it's three o'clock. I'm like, yo, I need 30 more minutes because mind you, BET week, weekend and Essence weekend are one week apart. And then in between, go home for a few days. You got to repack your bag. You got to get yourself together, get back to work, this, that, and the third. It's a whole lot. It's a lot of fun, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, staying up to six, seven o'clock in the morning and working also because we do panels and go to events and do all of this stuff. So it's a lot going on and both times. So I'm tired, tired. So I was laying down and I said, at three o'clock, I said, yo, I just need 30 more minutes, but I need to know how long the check-in for a bag is. So in other words, is it an hour, which is only a few places around the country that's an hour. JFK is one of those places. So in New York, if you're going to JFK, you know you gotta be at the airport before an hour. I have certainly learned the hard way. They're not gonna talk, they're not gonna try. If it's literally three minutes after an hour, they you you do ask out. That's it. It's not happening. So, but then in most airports is 45 minutes. And then some airports is 30 minutes to check your bag. So I wanted to just check real quick to make sure do I got 30 minutes to sleep or do I need to get up now and move? So I look, I look, I look, I look, I'm looking, I'm like, I'm looking for Houston airport. I'm looking, I'm looking, I don't find Houston airport. I'm like, damn, I need to know Houston, 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 looking everywhere, can't find it. So I still say, fuck it. We'll see. Hopefully it'll be all right. I go to sleep. I wake up at 325, hustling to the airport, get in the car. The driver says, um, no, so when we pull up in front of the, and I'm in the shower thinking, yo, the Houston airport, it's got to be, it's not JFK, it's got to be 45 minutes, I'm going to be good. I, I leave, I go in the car, we pull up at the airport, and as soon as we get there, I'm looking at the outside of the airport, and I've been to Houston airport a million times, and I say to the, to the driver, sir, are you sure this is the only place for Delta? Because I never looked to see the terminal. So I'm like, is this the only place for the for Delta? He like, yeah. I go inside. Still, I'm in Houston. I go to the, the desk and I'm like, ma'am, how long for? Because it was a little line. So I'm I asked, like, hey, excuse me, how long for check bags? So she said 30 minutes. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then I hear her say something, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm in New Orleans. I literally I swore I was in Houston. Houston. You thought she was already there. I land in my connection in Atlanta and get on a conference call line. And I'm looking for everybody that's supposed to be on it. I'm like, this is crazy. Like my whole team, they didn't make the call. Like what the hell is going on here? I'm about to start texting people. It was the wrong day. So you know what I did when I arrived in Houston? I I laid down because clearly I'm tired. Clearly it wasn't clear. You wasn't clear. You was not clear, man. You know, sometimes you do a lot, man. You know, I know BT was a lot, you know, coming home and just being with my sons all week and travel and taking them to boxing practice. And and then um we went to a rally that I had to do, then a speaking engagement. And oh, wait, was- we left the rally. Wait a minute. We left BT weekend and went to DC in the heat wave for the rally for Jalen Walker. So I forgot that you said yeah. rallies. All types of shit. We just was moving. So yesterday was a day that I just laid down. 
I ain't do much at all. Laid and rest because you gotta you gotta rejuvenate. You gotta rejuvenate. So I get it, man. Because sometimes you just don't be clear. Speaking of rejuvenation, people better get rejuvenated for the fight that's ahead of us. You know, I think that we're going to we're in a time when a lot more things, excuse me, a lot of things unfortunately are going to have to happen to like make people get serious. I want to say, and I'm being careful because just because people are not out there pumping their fist and doing all of that does not mean that they're not seriously engaged or that they're not angry about the things that's happening in this country. But it feels like folks are kind of just so tired of dealing with all of it that things are just happening and people are not really engaged. And it's a little scary because last week should give us an example. And you know, this is my thing. I listen to, to, I, I pay attention to a lot of people. I pay attention to a lot of pages. I listen to a lot of feedback. And what I noticed is that even in the midst of the Supreme Court decisions last week, so the Supreme Court is now out of session, but while they, they, you know, all these last few months, they were working and having decisions come out and voting on stuff that would be, which governs our lives, right? And a lot of people don't understand that when I was making the decision, when we were talking through who we, how we were going to engage in the last election, one of the bigger parts of the whole dialogue and the reason why we decided to support the Biden administration was because of the courts, not just the courts locally, I mean, excuse me, not just the Supreme Court, but also federal courts where our people are often caught in the system. So we were really, really concerned because if you are a student of history and you understand what's happening in this moment, one of the bigger pieces of what we see in this moment is that they always had an agenda. And when I say they, I'm talking about conservatives and specifically the white supremacist arm of the Republican Party, their specific goal and focus was to stack the courts. They want the Supreme Court. They want the federal courts. They wanted to make sure that their judges were in position so that they would be able to roll back things like Roe v. Wade, um, you know, to tamper with affirmative action in education, to advance some of their own causes, um, you know, different things that they want to do. The judges are super important. So the courts have to be protected. And so a lot of people are like, oh, you know, so-and-so ain't no good and this and that. I, 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 we say all the time, I am not a Joe Biden fan. I'm not invited to see Joe Biden damn near about anything. For some reason, I'm back on the White House list every now and then. And I got, I've been invited to a few things, a signing and a couple social events. But overall, I'm not on the list. So I'm not a Biden. They don't love me. And I certainly did not want to support Joe Biden for president. That is not a thing. Right. But I also knew that from a strategic perspective, that these people were working on taking the court so that they could change laws that govern our lives and that will be in place for generations. And so when you have a situation like the, the affirmative action piece that happened last week, while they, and there are still people 
who are like, well, I don't care about white institutions anyway. It's not about white institutions. Sure, we should be going to HBCUs, but we also should not have situations in this country after our people fought for us to have um, access to any institution in inequitable situations to just allow those rights to be rolled back and taken from us. And I think that what people are struggling with understanding is that this is not an, an isolated thing. The police violence, the laws being changed in terms of stacking the courts, the way it, the, 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 the banning of education, all of this stuff is designed to be able to put us as Black people back in our place. And yes, sure, and not just Black people, but others as well, but just for the purpose of our show, we're talking about Black people. And yes, it is true that we need to focus on economic stability and all of that. But again, they make the laws and the rules as it relates to that as well. And as soon as they catch on to what people are trying to do economically, they're going to shift the codes and the laws and start voting on things that would make it where it's more difficult to even do some of these things from an economic perspective that a lot of our people are pushing and rightfully so. So we have to be engaged in the political process. There's no way around it because everything you wanna do is impacted by what these folks are doing and they are smart. They know what we're trying, they, they're watching the chatter online. They know who's hot. They know the conversations and how it's being shifted and they sit back and plan while I don't know what sometimes some of our people be doing. I just don't know. I mean, it's it's the reality. Like they say, if you don't do politics, politics going to do you, you know, and, and we're looking at we're looking at the result of us talking about we're not doing politics, you know, us talking about Trump wasn't that bad when Trump was intentionally putting in Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh and others to make sure that these laws, these these monumental, you know, laws that were being passed and, and rolled back and these, you know, these um Supreme Court <clears throat> rulings in the past were being overruled and turned back. And, and we all knew these things were happening. So I just think that we're at a very, very critical time where we have to understand every level of government, right? We have to understand the Supreme Court. We have to understand House representatives. We have to understand the local. We have to look at how every part plays a role in our everyday reality. You know, when we're talking about a lot of our friends and family are talking about, you know, um, the the tuition and 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 being the forgiveness of tuition. These are it's oh, very yeah. right student now. Loans. Student you know, loans. The student loan situation. Student we're, looking at, we're looking at that, and we're seeing how th those things are impacted. And people are like, oh, well, this and that. And and I hate when people keep saying, oh, those are white people. No, you can't. Like you can't look at things that are affecting us as a whole and say it's just white. No, the white people are the ones that's implementing the laws. And if you're not, no matter who's in government, when they implement them laws, you got to follow them. So you got to make sure that the people that's in government, the people that's being voted in, that you at least have a chance to understand what the fuck are their policies, right? What are the policies that they, 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 they stand firm on? How does that affect my everyday life? How does that affect my long-term life? How does that affect my life in general? Like we have to, we have to play this game from a strategic standpoint and stop just being um, pieces on the board. You know, no more of us just being pawns on the board, and you can just sacrifice us. No, we we removing as kings and rooks, and we got to start acting like them. And we we're in position. You know, I think we're in an age of awakening 
especially for black people, economic awakening, understanding how economics, entrepreneurship, and I don't care how much money you got, if you don't understand the dynamics of the politics, uh, how, how to, you know, how to utilize that money, then you'll lose that money. If you don't understand the laws that's going to place, the, how do you keep that money? How do you invest that money? How, how are they taxing that money? How are they taking that money? Who who gets this? Who doesn't get that? Property taxes. Property taxes. Like if we not if you're not aware of those things, and these politicians keep putting people in place that are going to negatively affect you and the dynamic and the 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 um community that you come from all the time. Because like they said, when when shit happens to the white people, you know we're gonna get it a million times worse. So if white people is fighting against most of the shit that these conservatives putting in place, the 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 average white person. Right, then you know the shit that we need to be fighting. So we just got to pay attention and be a lot more, you know, hands on. Yeah, I think so. And and I and and by the way, it's important to say that we do vote, right? We do vote, right? Uh, ninety four percent of Black women voted in, uh, or ninety four percent of Black women continue to vote in presidential elections. We're showing up in local elections. Black women are are literally the difference between, in many cases, um, you know two candidates, right? Like we make the difference. Black men followed us at like 80 something percent um, in the presidential election. So we are voting, but not enough of our people are showing up and not enough of our people are running for office and also donating your resources and your time to help people get elected if you want somebody who you feel is going to represent your community better. Um, and we just, we really do have to be focused. I'm just saying like, it's just a time. It's a time. It's a time. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think also because so we 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 we've been shielded so much from um and banned, if you will, from understanding civic engagement and understanding how laws work, that in a way, many of us don't even understand the seriousness of the time we're in. And that's why they didn't want us to learn it, right? And there, and meanwhile, white people are participating in, you know, a, a, mo a lot of them, not all everybody, because both sides have whites. We have white and black people who don't vote, right? So it's, it's not to say that all white people are voting or majority of white people and black people are not, but there's some intentional stuff that they're doing in the white community because they are taught about civic engagement. So they understand the power of the vote. And that's why voter suppression exists to try to suppress us from voting because they know that if we ever make up our mind that we're gonna show up at the polls in the large number, they can never beat us. They literally could never win if most of us vote. So <laughs> this is a, you know, it's a hard conversation to have in a short period of time. But when you talked about student loans, the only point I wanted to add on that is, is that even if the strategy is economics, money, 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 we got to get the money, get the money, cool. If we didn't have to pay student loans, we would be able to advance so much more in buying property and buying land and buying stocks and other things that benefit us from an econ investing, right? Because student loans is, as we have, the studies have been done, it shows that canceling student loans is one of the ways that you help level the playing field in terms of the, the, the wealth gap between white and black and other um, ethnic groups. So it should make common sense to folks why this needs to be done. But some of our people just, you know, are, are just jaded and tired and everything else. And, and I just hope that 
all of this is waking us up. So mm -hmm. a, another conversation that um, I've been watching unfold online um, is that in Georgia, a man who worked an uh, employee at a restaurant saw a man um, fondling and uh, groping a, a, aggressively a woman. And he stepped in and told the man he had to leave and he needed to stop and touch the woman. The, 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 the predator touched the woman on her bottom. And so the Black, I mean, excuse me, not the Black guy, the other man, I don't know what their race are or what their races are. Um, he approached him, told him he had to leave. The guy looks like outside the restaurant predator shoots this man six times. And so a lot of people, a lot of the comments are people being like, see, this is exactly why people don't like to step in and help. And um, in fact, the reason why I know that this happened is because in my mentions, there was a guy that was like, oh, I hope Tamika and my son uh, see this and understand. And I, you know, and, and I hope that they would go and um, support this guy's GoFundMe, which I certainly want to do that. I didn't see, I was looking for the information, but I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to support this guy. And so a lot of people are like, this is why mind your business, mind your business, mind your business. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this again, it's a time because I hear that. I hear that people are afraid for their lives. Mm -hmm. I still think in the situation where we most recently talked about people stepping in was in that restaurant where the 14 year old boy shot the, um, the guy who punched, um, the woman, right, uh, his mother. And I still say that I don't think people had to aggressively get involved, but I do think that a simple voice of someone saying, hey, hey, y'all, look, if this ain't, come on, y'all, you know, this ain't, this ain't worth it. Sis, come on out of here, you know, something would have been better than people saying nothing. What I, what concerns me and you take it from here is that it, it, it really makes me fear for my life so much that I could be being groped by somebody and people, I'm not talking about whether or not she, the woman in the restaurant was arguing back. Because by the way, listening to what she was saying, she wasn't even telling him, you, you know, like, like I said, me, I probably would have been saying, you bitch ass, so-and-so, talking crazy. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't even doing all that. She just merely was making her point and unwilling to tell, let somebody tell her that she was not allowed to speak. But in this situation, this woman was being groped by a man. And so what we are now saying is, let the woman be groped, let whatever it is happen, let it play out, let people be robbed. You see elderly people being robbed, folks just keep walking by. You see women being harmed, children, whatever, just let whatever happen and just mind your business because our society is about save yourself. So where does that leave us? I, th I think, you know, there is, it's very, it's, very it's, it's kind of cut and dry for me. Everybody is not built a certain way. And I don't, and I don't, I don't expect everyone to step up, right? I don't, I don't expect every man to be aggressive and, and be a hero or, or step up. But I do think that there should be men in our community that see and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to step in. And I understand that when I step in, there's an amount of danger that comes with that, right? I understand if I, if I get involved and I see a man aggressively in a woman's face, I understand that I'm taking on the aggression that he has for the woman. 
So the possibility of him trying to hit me or him trying to shoot me, I know exists. I'm not telling men to just step up and be, yo, no, if you see, if, if they getting this aggressive with a woman and, they, and, they, and they're that angry, then you should be very aware that this person is aggressive. This person might be violent. This person might shoot you. This person might try to stab you. I'm not saying to, to interfere and engage with somebody without being aware that the possibility of violence exists. That's what bravery is. Bravery is stepping into a situation on in being well aware that the possibility of conflict, violence, that you, you're taking a sacrifice, that you're putting yourself in harm's way to protect somebody else. That's that's just what it is. So what I'm saying, when we look at this guy, this guy's a hero. Yes, he took some shots, but that woman could have got shot, right? So he made a conscious decision as a man that, look, this is not right that's happening to this woman, and I'm going to step up, and I'm going to say something about it. And what came with it was he was shot, and, 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 and it was the worst thing, you know, and, and I want to find his GoFundMe and contribute it too, but I don't want men to feel like, to be scared. Like, most of us, I'm not worried. I understand that there's a level, like I was saying earlier, I understand that there's a level of danger, a level of everything that comes with what we do. And that's what the man, the man part of it is. That's what I want men. I want men to understand that anytime that you are in society, it is your duty, is your to understand to take on the hard part of life, to not, not allow women who are naturally, innately, physically, or not physically as strong as we are, to deal with other men who are. I want us to take on that responsibility. I want us to have be brave enough to deal with it. And, and, and I realize that all men aren't, right? But I realize that a lot of men went away from that because society made it seem like it was something. And I don't want men, men who have integrity, men who have honor to get comfortable in this, let me tape somebody doing something wrong to a woman. Let me laugh and joke. No, I want men of honor and integrity to step up. And that's not everybody. So yes, you're gonna you're gonna have the cowards that's online saying, "Oh look, look what happens." Yeah, that shit happens. It happens. You know, uh, they, they you see men jump in front of the train to try to save kids to try to save old ladies, and and everybody ain't gonna do that. But we want to celebrate those men who are brave enough to make those. You know, we've seen men. We've seen. I just saw a couple of stories where guy or men have tried to help children drowning and they drowned and died. So that's yeah. terrible. I that, mean that's it's horrible. It comes, this, so comes with, that, this is what comes with it. Oh my God. This is what comes with being a man in bravery. We our our innate nature is to protect and provide for our loved ones and those in need and in harm. That's my nature. I don't I don't feel like any I don't feel that is something I'm forcing to do. I have I feel like innately when I see someone in danger, when I see a woman being harmed or in a way. I feel like it's my duty to step up and say something. And whatever comes with it, I'm not looking like, see, this is why I'm, no. I understand what comes with that situation. And that's what that's what men do. We don't do shit saying, thinking about, oh, oh, look what could happen, anything could happen. No, that's not what bravery is. Bravery is understanding that something can go wrong and, and saying, you know what? Despite the fact that something can go wrong, I could get hurt, I could lose this or all those things, I'm still going to do it because it's the right thing morally and it's, it's my integrity tells me that it's the right thing to do. Mm. Well, I mean, hey, I don't even, it's nothing else to be said. I, I, I'm not going to let no woman or child have to fight a man 
or be harmed by some a big man or whatever and just do nothing. I just can't do it. So I realize, like you said, and I'm not a man. And I know that if I'm in that restaurant and I'm watching this man, I, before they start that part, hopefully God knows, I would hope that somebody would do something. But at the point that he hit her, it's no way. I just can't do it. I'm so sorry. So, you know, God bless us. But anyway, AJ Owens, this weekend, there's a rally in Ocala, Florida. Um, people are gearing up to be there to stand up for AJ. There's some folks that said, well, what is there to do now? They can't change. Uh, they're not going to change the status of the charges is still going to be manslaughter, even though it should be murder. Here's the thing, though, for people who are listening. First of all, there are ways that the, the, the uh, charges can be upgraded. They probably won't, but there are ways. But more importantly, it's really about making sure that we are so vocal on this issue that the prosecutors know they cannot play with us. So it, AJ Owens needs support. She needs visible support. Her family, they need visible support. Because guess what? Manslaughter, while yes, there is a maximum, I think of somewhere at 13 years I saw somewhere, but there's also a way that you can give her, that she can get probation or a, a little bit of time. After murdering somebody, she literally shot a woman to death that she said, she bought a gun for her. She called her children racial names. And she told the children, go get your mother and bring her back. So she knew that it was likely. That's premeditated. We keep saying this is premeditated. It is likely that if I tell you to go get whoever and bring them back, it's like. After I already house, told you I brought a gun for them in the first place. Yeah. If I'm sitting in the house and I tell my granddaughter, Go get your mama or your dad and bring them back and tell them, come here. And then all of a sudden, somebody knocks on my door. I'm going to assume that the person that's knocking on my door is the person I just told somebody, go get. So this is, this is, this is not rocket science. It's not that difficult. This woman, she researched that day. That day, she researched researched stand your ground so she went online that day before the shooting occurred and researched stand your ground laws to make sure she was within her rights she had a gun that she says she purchased for aj she told kids to go get their mother and when the mother came back she shot them through the door and for whatever reason, on her camera, her cloud, her camera, um, for, on her phone, where the videos for, throughout the day, she there is no video after 8.40, which is before the shooting happened and before she killed AJ Holmes. And they talking about manslaughter. That is murder. It's definitely, I tell you, it's premeditated murder. It ain't just murder to me. But it's pure murder. So with all of that being said, when there are people who are who, who say, well, why do we need to go there? She got charged. There are, there are some people in our society that feels like we so tired, anything is something. At least it's nothing. But that's not, that's not okay. And if you don't 
stand up for AJ and make sure that your voice is heard on this issue, what will happen ultimately is that they will find, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to find ways to limit the consequences for her actions, Susan Lorenz. They're trying to limit the consequences. And I just hope that our people, you know, don't let don't don't let this black woman be murdered like that and and we don't raise holy hell. And not just online, but that's when it that's when the tough part comes when you actually gotta put your boots on the ground, your feet in the mud. So that's where Saturday, two o'clock, Ocala, Florida. More information about the rally will be released and today, actually. So that's the deal. So my thought of the day. Um I had a little situation happen while I was at my book signing at Essence Fest. Uh, shout out to uh, so many. I, I, listen, child, it's so many people. Hold on a second. Let me just make sure I have this lady's name. Okay. Yeah, I know this. Um, so I had a little situation happen in New Orleans at, right after I finished um, a panel that I did for a book, the author section. So the author section, they were hosting panels and having book signings and my book was featured. Uh, and so I was on a panel, shout out to my girl, Casey Kelly. Um, she, her and Mahogany Books, they organized all of this and she had me to be a part of um, the author session. And so um, when, it, when, I, when we finished the panel, right before we went to sign books, a woman was saying she wanted to talk to me and she kept you know, telling me she wanted to talk to me. And so during the panel, I made a statement that people have to stop being so scared. Like, you know, stop being so scary. Speak up, you know, speak up and stop letting people tell you who you can and cannot be friends with because you're afraid that if people find out, you know, you might not get this deal or have this opportunity. Like, let's stop doing that because those, those, th those, that type of um, behavior is what fractures our community and that and people know they play on that oh don't my son shouldn't talk to me good this and that so i'm like stop doing that stop being so scary so when the panel was over the woman she said she want to talk to me she comes up to me and she says and she waited patiently to speak to me and so she said listen i agree with you so much on what you said stop being so scared she said, i say that all the time you know stop it and she said and you know what y'all need to be talking about she said i went to the concert last night and she named the artist. She said, and, and she was performing. Um, you know, she said something about busting it open and this and that. She was like, I, I just, like, what is that? They, they need to stop doing that. That's what's wrong with our society and our young people. And so I said to her, and she said, and, and y'all need to talk about that. And I said to her, you know what? I hear you because sometimes I do think that the, it, 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 it's a little, it's a little racy out here, right? Um, and so I said, you know, I hear what you're saying, what you're saying. However, the pushback is we always had sex has always been subtle. Music has always been sexy. Artists have always been sexy. Right. People didn't like when Tina Turner was out there with them, uh, them fringes shaking her behind all over the place. That was the twerking of that time. It literally was. That was the twerking of that time when Tina Turner turned around and she's shaking. Them fringes be going, 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 going. All of that, that cabaret, that, you know, sexy, um, 
artistry or whatever has always existed. Yeah, it might look different now. It's more vulgar or whatever, whatever her, her opinion or the language you like to use. But I don't know that you could go tell women today that they have to change their style because some folks are uncomfortable when people have always been uncomfortable and those and 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 you as this woman standing and talking to me I'm sure you was out there celebrating the fringes popping back then but now because of the fact that it's skin and ass <laughs> you wanted to change I said so I don't know and she started flipping out like oh you're a hypocrite and I'm like oh, okay I'm a hypocrite wow like if I was like okay and the people there were like oh my god are you okay Okay, I'm like, now nah, I'm used to people pushing and we we have these conversations, but, and I don't have an answer to it, but, you know, I guess my thought of the day today is like, can we now try to censor artists in their, especially female artists and say that they're too sexy when sex has always been selling? Like why, what's different about this time? That's the, the, the question I have for myself and for us just as people who are influencers, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Well, I, I think for me, like I, I, I definitely agree. You know, sex is always so, it's always been one of the primary things. But I, I think at this point, I don't think it's the artistry of sex that's selling them, right? I think the 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 artists now have turned into sexual objects, right? Mm -hmm. Like before, when you when you heard little Kim talking about Queen Bitch, this and that, when she had an interview. Kimberly, the Kimberly that you interviewed was intelligent. She was talking about certain shit. There was a different level of, there was a separation of artistry in the individual, right? When you, even like when you listen to Jay-Z talking about, you know, I'm a hustler, this and that, when you interviewed him, his mind was on a different plane. When you listen, when you listen to all of the artists, there was a separation from the artistry in that individual. You can see the difference. You can see where there was an elevation in the mind. You can see when you talk to them, they just wasn't pussy dick and this and that. They, they had the, the interview and, and, and the, the personal interaction with that individual was separate. When you- Sometimes, a lot of for the most For the most part, right? They, 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 you get to these, these, they were talking about intelligent shit. Like I, what was Flavor Flav talking about? Because I don't remember. But Flavor Flav wasn't talking about nothing, right? So That's Flav, what I'm saying. Flav, Flavor Flav's artistry was he was a hype man, right? So okay. he was talking about hype, this and that. There were certain individuals that you got it. And, 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 and the thing was, you treated them as such. If they was the, the hype man and this and that, that was the credence you gave them. So I think now when you're having these conversations with the artists, I think it's still just this sexual shit. It's still, it's still based on sex. It's still based on this. So people aren't able to separate the individual from the entertainer no more. And that's yeah. why you have situations like, even though I thought it was the dumbest shit with, with Sukiana and this individual, this guy, right? Because he- YK Osiris. YK Osiris. Because in his mind, this is who she is. She's just sex. That's it. Every conversation she has about sex, all the music is about sex. There's nothing that I've seen in her. And even though that's completely wrong, but this is what happens. And, and, and people are just seeing the individuals as just sex. They don't see them as something that's separated from the artistry. And when you when you have this these these um intimate moments with them, there's this deeper person, like, damn, I didn't know that about this person. Oh, this person is dope. When you meet him, 
like they it's like they all stay in character they staying in character so the the individuals like before my mother used to like little kim right even though she like they was talking about, but when she listened to little kim talk and she heard the interviews and this and that she reminded her, her like oh, okay little kim even though there's this this raunchy shit about her there's this this young woman still here you understand what I'm saying? Even with, even with Nicki Minaj, even though Nicki is selling all that shit, she said all that shit, but when you listen to Nicki Minaj have an interview, that's an intelligent businesswoman. You understand what I'm saying? I think right now what they're doing with these young girls, you're not seeing that aspect of them. Every mm -hmm. interview is about, so you're doing this and this and that, and it's just all, every video, every interview, everything is just this sexual shit to where they just, just see them as sex. So I think it's just like with the, the rappers. Before the rappers, you heard that it was shoot them up, bang bang in the mo in the music. But when you had an interview with them, there's some uh, we trying to ever evolve from this. You know, we trying to flip this money. We try had to get out the streets. We lost too many people in the street. This and that. Now, yo, yeah, we got beef with such and such, and we gonna shoot them and this and that. And it's on when we popping. It's no, there's there's no separation. So it, it's it, it's like what happened is. I don't know. I think the guys are better. I think some of them are, but I'm I talking about guys are for the most. Some of them are, but for the most part, you still. That's what. That's all the interviews be around. They don't interview, and that's why I started sit downs with the standups because I want to focus on the evolution of the, uh, the mind, the other shit. You want to talk about? We know they come from this. We know they've done that. But talk about the other shit. Let people understand that these are intelligent individuals who have brains, who have aspirations who you know don't just focus on the dumb shit all the time and i think that's what happens most of the time is that everything is completely focused on this sex and that individual becomes just in people's minds as a sex object and well I mean, the women have always been objectified though so i don't know i guess i guess i, I see what you're saying and i'm like i said if, I we think about, if we if we think about how what people's argument was with with tori and megan right it's Tori, I mean, Megan just graduated, graduated from college. This is a woman with a college degree, right? And what, what, what our social media and people will try to focus on is the sexual shit that she talks about in the music. Everything is all, all of the, the interview questions about sex and who you had sex with and this and that. So people just seen her when the situation happened and she got shot. People said, fuck her. All she is is somebody that's a sex and shaking her ass anyway. So we don't give a fuck. Cause they just seen her as that. They they separate the pure human being from it. They don't even look at the other aspects of this intelligent young black woman that overcame shit. Because that's not what's being shown to the public. We don't even see that aspect no more. We don't mm -hmm. see it. They, we don't see. I don't see no interviews where it's highlighting the minds of these chicks. It's like, oh, I would fuck you. You would fuck me. Oh, I would lick you. What? Uh, look at my ass. Oh, oh my ass. Oh, you squat. Oh. Those are common, but where's the rest of the shit that goes with the woman? Where, why y'all don't show the rest of the interview? When she talked about how she graduated, she overcame this and that, but you want to talk about who she slept with and who she said is sexy and her, like, that's what, that's what this era is doing now. It's objectifying women. And until we stop doing that and we start showing the human side and the, the aspiring side and the evolutionary side and the intelligent side of our women like we used to do, we're going to keep getting these same responses. Well, I think is, I, I would say two things on this. One is that um, it's the object objectifying or whatever objectification of women and the promotion of violence. 
Um, so those two things are happening at the same time. But I also think that, yes, it is the media in a lot of ways, but we as women and just people and artists in general um, have a responsibility to shift the conversation. And so I'm sure, you know, they tried all that stuff with Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett and all of them have always had to deal with that, the line of questioning. You have but to be- a different time. At no, but time, I'm just saying- your, I, well, your intellect was respected. They no, no, but it. you're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's always been, because at, at some point it might not so much have been about sex, but it was colorism or competition. They've always tried to shift the conversation to something that's controversial. And it is incumbent upon us as individuals, and that's me and you doing interviews all the way to artists, that you keep the, the conversation where you want it to go. So when they ask you about your butthole, you got to say, that's funny. You know, I talk that all the time, but I ain't come up here to talk about that. I do want to tell you, though, about blah, 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 blah thing. So you have to educate yourself, right? You've got to make yourself, you have to put, you have to develop your mind in a way that you have something else to talk about. But that so comes I from hope that and error because a lot of these young girls that's being objectified, they don't know. They just getting fame and people saying, yo, you got to do this. You got to do this. And as they grow, they're like, I'm not doing that shit no more. But what happens is that's what your brand is. Right. right. So now the people don't even want to hear you talk about nothing else. You know, they want to like I heard stupid ass fucking I'm not saying no names, but these blog dudes. 21 Savage is evolving in his music and they like, ah, right, we just want to hear you sh shoot and kill and sell drugs, nigga. We don't want to hear that positive shit. And then that's the shit they try to put you in, right? So they don't, you, they sound bite you on negativity and stupidity. Yeah. Once you've already- you gotta keep on, But you got to keep on your path. And again, I'm just saying that I want to make sure we talk about the personal responsibility of these individuals. Because again, I'm sure the question back in the days was, oh, Queen Latifah, did you hear, um, you know, what, I'm just making this up, what MC Light said, and, you know, how do you feel about her? Do you think she's this, that, and the third? Or So they always try to find something. It could be sex. It could, like I said, competition, colorism. You think she's too light, too dark, too this, that, and the third. But they're always going to try to focus on negativity because that's what they want to get okay. in our community. Well, I want to say one thing before we start, right? I was looking, somebody... I don't know who posted it, but it was a post about Kevin Gates. And it was showing like his old interviews, right? Like they were showing like clips of his old interviews. It's like, yo, Kevin Gates used to be a real hard interview. And he was militant. Like he was so militant that it was, it was shocking him. The dude police said, please don't put your hands on me. You don't want to touch me to talk to me. He like, yeah, I didn't come up here to talk about that nonsense. Like he was militant. He was get up there. And then I was listening to, and I watched, and I started listening. And I, I, I've been a Kevin Gates fan because I understand the militancy he has. And I've listened to like full interviews. And I watched the way he interviews now. And, and, and he said it before that he has a, a master's degree in psychology. And what he started to do was give you all the bullshit that you wanted to hear. He knew that that's what they was going to grab on to. But when you start listening to a full interview, it's so much shit in there that he's saying that's on point, but he going to give you all of the most raunchiest, craziest shit that he knows is going to headline. 
because he understood the game. So a lot of is a lot of artists what they start doing is say, you know what, I'm not gonna fight the system. I'm gonna play the game, and I'm gonna add the shit I want to do. But I'm gonna figure out the game because when you was when I was playing it the way that I thought it should be played, it wasn't getting these headlines. They wasn't paying attention. They wasn't listening. I wasn't in these things. But now that I give y'all a bunch of this bullshit. Y'all pay attention. So now you're going to go get the whole body of work and listen and be like, damn, this nigga talking some shit. But it, the thing that brought you here was the bullshit and the sound bites. So that's where we at. Sound bite. We in the sound bite era. We, well, we've always been in the sound bite era, and I'm not really good so at it. I so. think we always have because. No, we have. I mean, that's that's something that. I don't think so because it's in every it's in every aspect, like in civil I mean, rights, it, I, in I preaching, sound bites is like what's supposed to sell. So I think it's been there, but I think it's not, I don't think it's sound bites that I don't think what you mean is the sound bite because we've always been sound bites. It's just the raunching. Like no, it's the raunching. Sound bites have always existed, right? There's always been a need for sound bites. There's always been a thing about sound bites, that one or two thing that you could take that they say that's always been. But it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. There, you, there was an overall thing. The, 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 before, they would take sound bites from people who had overall talent, and they would take that. Now, they just take, they take sound bites over overall talent. Okay. <laughs> well, listen, speaking of soundbite talent and and online and how you get noticed and all of that, we have a digital marketing or marketing expert coming up and she's going to be our guest. Um, I am, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I know her work and she's actually really good at what she does. And so people who are influencers need to listen into this interview so you can learn more about ways to uh, bring value to companies and also bring money to your pocket for your followers and not just be online to be online scrolling, but to be online and make and some trolling. money. Scrolling and trolling. Scrolling and trolling, <laughs> funny. All right, let's bring our guest on. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Speaking of our friends, we've had we have a friend that is joining us today on Street Politicians. Um, someone I've had a lot of um, time or spent a lot of time with, and had the opportunity to get to know this sister who um, is is quite influential in her own right. Um, but she has a company called Black Girl Digital, um, which deals with influencer marketing. So her firm focuses on um, helping uh, influencers with their marketing strategies. Um, and her own form of activism within her business is to help shape and make sure that there are equitable opportunities for brand partnerships between uh, the influencers and some major brands. Um, and what I appreciate and have learned much about this sister is how much she has been able to do in terms of getting people the type of online imprint that they deserve and need in order for their businesses to grow. You know, mm -hmm. some people think that it's an easy job. You just go online and throw up a page. And that's why most people get frustrated because they find out that there's a lot more work that goes into being a viable company that 
brands will look at and, you know, and also just having viable strategies. And so I'm excited to uh, bring to the show today to welcome on uh, our sister, my friend, Latoya Shambo. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on. Always excited to join the show and talk all things influencer marketing and marketing and getting your businesses rocking and rolling. That's it's amazing, man. I just want to know, because every time we get influencers and different entrepreneurs, the first thing I want to know is like, what was the inspiration behind you doing it? Well, um, interestingly enough, I been in advertising and marketing for 17 years, 18 years now. Mm. Um, and I've always just had a love for the advertising industry. And through my experiences, um, I was like, well, who, who's doing all of this and, and bringing deals to Black women? And since I just had the know-how mm. uh, of where the money sat, it was an easy way. It was just an easy way for me to live out my passion as well as my purpose and kind of merge it all together, still support my industry and support my community. So it was, it was really fate, you know, and, and my desire to just help the community get paid to do the things that they love to do. Mm. So when did you like first start this company? Like you say, you've been doing advertising. So when did you first start your own company? Uh, 2016 it was 20, 2015, 2016. Um, and it was right before social media took off. So mm -hmm. originally the idea was to be the largest black female ad network. So very similar to complex. I was, uh, managing ad operations for some major black female bloggers at the time. So, um, I took the ex to the Nicole Bitchy to Exo Nicole and was managing her ad operations and then Fashion Bomb Daily, the Cut Life, and a couple of other publishers. But the interesting thing was, let's say I'm, like, it literally happened overnight. Like December 31st, I went to sleep. January 1st, the new year, 2017, it was all about influencers. So um I'm very much a visionary and I, I assess business for what the future could look like, not for what we have to do like right this second. And I was like, it's, I have to pivot, you know, um, all of my bloggers were turning into influencers. The brands that I was working with, they wanted to test out influencer marketing. And I was like, well, I know how to do it. I know how to package. I know how to price and I have the inventory. So it was an it was an easy pivot in the product, but not in the purpose. Mm. I was still able to continue down the road of supporting Black women and really helping them get paid fairly in a space where out the gate they were immediately, um, you know, not paid in an equitable manner. So it really uh, 2017 was a, a critical year in the pivot. So there are people out here who need, and I'm one of them, who, who need to understand in a very, very uh, basic way, I was going to say elementary, but that's probably the wrong term to use, um, mm -hmm. a very basic way. First of all, what is an influencer? And then what does influencer marketing 
mean? You know, mm-hmm. like I know it sounds, I, I think I know, and it sounds really good, but I'm not sure that we understand all the intricacies of what being an influencer is in and of itself. Right. Like for real, not just somebody who people see and you, you know, you just around, but right. a true influencer where your brand is something folks want to connect to their brand. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? And then what does it mean to be, to, what does influencer marketing mean? Sure. So in different industries, it might be different things, you know, um, but from the advertising perspective, from the lens of the advertising industry, it's an influencer is someone just being contracted to um, promote something on behalf of a brand, whether it's you being paid or you doing a barter, right? And the term influencer marketing was adopted in the industry um, to really serve as a channel in which that marketer um, leverages that influencer, right? So an influencer can come in many different forms It can be, I'm working with this influencer because they have reach. It also can be, I'm working with this influencer because they they have a really niche audience where this, they post something, they really care about what they're posting and they want to buy from them. They want, they're interested, right? So they have that niche audience. Um, Or this influencer creates really great content. And I, I, as a new brand business owner, I need quality content that that's produced Mm -hmm. by this influencer. So- Mm -hmm. From a, an advertising perspective, again, it's really more of a, a channel that influencer marketing is a channel in which they go about um, marketing their business through influencers. And an influencer is someone who is being, there's an exchange. There's an exchange of service. Okay, well, that sounds dope. But so give us like a couple of, um, influencers or artists, whoever that you've worked with and connected them to certain brands that we probably would know of? Um, geez. <laughs> we've worked on so many campaigns. Um, it really just depends. So for example, right now we're working on um, a couple of campaigns for Disney. Um, we, we just wrapped up, um, or wrapping up, uh, run Disney, a campaign for that's really amplifying and showcasing, um, that Disney has a program for runners. Um, and they wanted to really amplify the diversity of the program and how fun it was. So we contracted, um, a couple of black influencers that love to run, um, one of our influencers that we worked with, um, a, a young micro influencer, Charlene, based out of Boston. I mean, she's so dynamic. The first time we worked with her was on a Boston. We worked with the city of Boston uh, to amplify and drive tourism to Boston and kind of shift the sentiment. And she loves Boston. And she went above and beyond for that campaign. So just remembering how hard she worked on that one campaign, it always made us go back and think about her for future campaigns. And we've worked with her a couple of times. And that for us is really critical, you know, because some of our programs, they lack, they they take a long time to negotiate or they turn over the next day. And we're always looking for flexibility when we're working with the creators. 
Um, and, and Charlene was really a, a dope creator that we worked with to get the job done. I also mentioned um, Latoya Forever. So we, we worked with her on a Walmart campaign and her audience, they are stay engaged so well and responded so much to her to her post she had the highest um the best engagement in and it's not it wasn't necessarily because she had a million followers because generally what we see with an influencer who has a million followers they have really low engagement you know one percent maybe 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 two percent maybe um but Latoya her audience they they genuinely love the content that she makes and supports the branded content that she makes. And that makes that makes for her to be a really good um, influencer partner to work with. Okay, so let me ask you some fire questions here because I, I wrote down 16 things I need to know. Because I know people, people really need to know this because they want to be an influencer. And I think it's different. Like you said, I mean, you're talking about brands. But some people think being an influencer, you know, means that they just need to put up really cute pictures all the time and or they need to have something to say about everything on the Internet. And they think that somehow that's supposed to make them a viable person um, to, to, you know, for larger opportunities. When the reality is that you have to have something that will help people make money. And just being on the internet is not that. Because I hear you right. continuously talking about, you know, the engagement of your audience. So if your audience is not the type that will go purchase the lip gloss or buy the thing or get the tickets, the movie tickets or whatever, that does, you, you're, you still are in progress in terms of your influencer status, right? So influencers are not just people who look good, who've got the best body types and all of that, but they are people who can move dollars, move people, Correct. move things, make things Correct. happen with their audience. So the question is, do you need millions of followers? Because from what I'm hearing, you don't need millions of followers. You mm -hmm. could have a small group of followers, but if they are special type of group that will actually engage in whatever the campaign is, that could be looked at by a brand as well. So you don't have to buy followers mm -hmm. in order to be a strong candidate for partnership. No, you absolutely do not need to have a lot of followers to have a great partnership. Um, I think the misconception is that follower count matters. Um, it, it does matter to a certain degree, but the issue is that most creators they don't, they, they, everyone screams, pay me what I'm worth, pay me what I'm worth. But the issue isn't about people paying you what you, what you're worth. It is about that. You don't know how to articulate your value so that mm. someone can pay you. Mm. Right? Mm. <laughs> Knowing how to articulate your value. You have to know how to, articulate I don't know how to articulate my value. It, 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 it's not an overnight thing. It's really about First, understanding who you serve, right? When you know your audience, you can you can better select the brands that you want to work with because you know what your audience, what they come here for. Why are they here every day? What are they saying? What are they talking about? What are they asking you? What's in your DMs? Like you have to be the 
you have to be the expert in your audience so that you then communicate that to that brand so that they can see the value that you bring to their partnership, right? And that in itself, you can have 10,000 followers, but if you have, if 8% of them are highly engaged, you can move mountains for a new business. And the more money you make a new business, they're going to come back again and again, and they might increase the partnership. The point of marketing is if I invest a dollar, I want three, four, five back. Right. Point of marketing. And so now we're adding influencer marketing. The point of influencer marketing is to get some sort of ROI, right? And where when an influencer can articulate the value that they bring and how they can contribute to that ROI, it's gold. And oftentimes they don't ask the right questions too in understanding clearly what a brand needs mm. and what the real goal is. And getting the real goal out of a marketer can be challenging, but <laughs> the success is when you re- when you recognize that the brand really just wants to see, you know, um, they, ju- they just want 10,000 impressions. Not saying that everyone can de- deliver 10,000 impressions, but if they can clearly articulate what the needs are, then you can give back. Well, this is how I can help you do that. Okay, so let me ask, I'm sorry, I got a couple, like I said, fire (laughs) questions here. So what are the, dang, you just said something that made me want to ask a different question. (laughs) When you said 10,000 impressions, okay, so I'm going to shift to this question first. So now that Instagram is doing this new stupid thing where they just decide whether they want to show your likes, your views or whatever. It just depends. Cause sometimes I'll look at a post of mine and it'll say that I have 200 likes, but when I open it, like open the insights, it shows that I have that, that 20,000 people watched, or there's been 20,000 views of the content right so it's it's how you upload, that's how you upload your content though because if you if you if you upload a video first like um uh in reels it's views but if you upload it like uh if you upload it like a regular post um and then you have a, a an image behind it it's going to show likes it's well, not going to show the view. It, sometimes, it, sometimes it depends on how you upload the content with Instagram. But I know that's not your question, Karen. No, 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 no. I mean, that's good because that's technical. And that's those are the types of things that people want to hear. But what I'm trying to say is based upon that in this time when it's clear that social media companies have started to sort of suppress people's um, engagement for whatever reason, because they don't want you to make a real business out of your social media platforms. And our brother Isaac Hayes at Fanbase talks all the time about how most people are not even seeing your content when you post because the algorithm is suppressing the 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 eyeballs that you get on. Because if they let a million people see the product and purchase it, then you have your own business and no longer really need them, right? So. The, the question I have is how are you measuring success and how are the brands that you work with measuring success? See, my question did come together. How, how are they, how do you measure success when the algorithm is, 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 is so influential in the influencer's work? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so dominant. This, this is, this is a, a, a deep question. I'm going to answer it in, in a couple of different ways. So from the influencer perspective, right? Um, in my humble opinion, the, the, these platforms, they owe you nothing, right? They mm-hmm. have given you a space to create, to be, to build, right? Um, and it is a tool that I think all you, you just have to use it the way that you need to, the way that you see fit and not get so caught up on what the, oh, the algorithm is against me. Because honestly, the algorithm, the way that it's, the way that it, it kind of works and I'm no, I'm no pro, but um, as it relates to the algorithm, it's really about interest, right? So if you are creating content that is of interest to the audience that you are uh, serving, they're going to continue to serve that, that, that post, right? So <laughs> if somebody is, like if people are, if you create content that is engaging, so, and an engagement looks like in your, um, if you think about your, your, Analytics. your caption, think about your caption, right? You can see one sentence, maybe you can see like two lines and engagement is when someone clicks on that to open more, right? The, the, the platform, the algorithm recognizes that as an engagement. So they, they're basically saying, oh, you, you, you're interested in reading this and reading something like this. Well, let me serve you more of this. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what, <laughs> That's what's really triggering a lot of how content is growing or not growing. Well, now, but Latoya, before you finish your answer, and then I know my son has more questions, these companies are racist. So let's be clear sure. that there are people who, yes, there is an interest thing. And of course, and, and not only are they racist, they're racist, they're sexist. It's a whole lot of things. And there's because things that you, you cannot, talking, they will block you immediately. Yeah. And, 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 and also they suppress your content based upon what you're talking about. So if you are showing ass and, and titties and, you know, it's talking about right freaking mm-hmm. off, everybody can find it all the time. But if you're talking about white supremacy and social justice and political issues, they have a way of ensuring that your content does not move but so far and so often. So it's keywords, it's a, it's, it, that's embedded in a lot of um, keyword triggers on the back end. So, you know, I, I, and I noticed that um, like if you, if you use certain keywords, it'll, it just automatically, because a machine, you know, because they don't have enough humans to vet through all of the content. They, they have these lists. Um, they have these, these block lists that automatically triggers that then yes, suppresses the content that, and it's silly, it's awful, but from a, a branded partnership perspective, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. And keeping those things in mind, you know, I think that um, where where influencers, what they don't leverage often is the pay to play, because at the end of the day, you do have to deliver, right? So a brand is booking you for something, hmm. and the goal, if the if the goal is um, they want to see engagements, meaning likes, follows, or shares, or whatever, and you know that your branded content 
does not perform well because whatever for whatever reason, then you should be thinking about, well, how can I boost this post to deliver? It literally will cost you $5 to deliver, you know? And, and when you're, when you're kind of negotiating your deal and looking at your rate, you have $10 to spare to make sure that your campaign delivers in full. So when you ask about what that goal, that ROI and, you know, the um, marketer generally when booking an influencer campaign, their goal can be built around impressions, Mm -hmm. reach, and engagement. And mm-hmm. then if somebody says this is a brand awareness campaign, get more details. Well, what do you mean by brand awareness? You know, how many how many likes are you hoping to see here or like what to ask the specific question. Get more specific, you know, do you want to see your follower count grow the minute I post? Like what what are you looking for so that I can better structure the the caption so that I can better select the plat the the placement that's going to work best for what you're trying to execute. Because if you want like massive eyeballs really quick, then it might be, I need to do a reel, right? I need to do a reel because video views are, it's the jam and it's what, that's what performs best here. So it's, it's a very loaded. <laughs> so what, what I want to know is just based on what you're saying. So I just want to know, so if I get it right, if if I have certain content that I post on my po- my page that I don't think gets the level of engagement that I wanted to, if I invested a certain amount of dollars to to continue to boost those things, then I would see the engagement increase. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because that's okay. what I want you to do anyway. But it's that's cost effective. It's really it's pay to play. That's what you mean by pay to play. Exactly. It's so, so because we, because you know what it is. I think mo- both of our followings have grown organically, right? Mm-hmm. So we just organically have posted things and, and, and got a following, you know, just woke up and was like, oh, shit, we got 500 million followers. So it's organic. So we didn't understand. I, I didn't, until you really just said that, I didn't really, didn't really get it. And then I realized it's certain things that react like crazy on my page, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever it's, somebody violence or something it reacts i get over sixty thousand and three thousand comments this and that and then other things that i i think people should react to they don't and people said i didn't even know this was on your page it never showed up there's been times when they say yo yo i'm not getting your post anymore you understand mm-hmm. what i'm saying because i started i guess i was posting certain things that wasn't within the algorithm that they didn't believe my following wanted to see so mm-hmm. they, so it didn't get the level of engagement. But it's also your following, they might be interested in what you're posting for that day. And then they move on, right? They move on to start engaging with other things and then their algorithm changes. So it's not necessarily that you're doing something awful. It's just that today I might be into looking at, you know, I don't know, Rihanna's stuff and so then my, my algorithm is going to change to give me more celebrity entertainment because that's what I'm interested in today. Okay. So it's it's really not always. It's There's not no good. real. It's not like yeah. all the way forming. All sometimes it works. Sometimes it does. Okay. And another thing, I I think there's just for me I think there's an oversaturation of what we call influencers, like I, and people who think that. And maybe I'm wrong. Do you think 
that it's on the influencers are on the rise that's the, the next wave or do you think it's on a decline what do, what do you think as a I think that everyone has the opportunity to become an influencer to become an expert in their field and monetize it is absolutely positively possible that anyone can monetize their expertise, their passion. Um, I think the future, the wave is going to be more around um, validation and credibility um, and really being able to source authentic creators that can deliver. You know, the especially for big legacy brands, you know, their issue right now is um brand safety you know so working what's a legacy with, brand what's a legacy brand like a coca-cola a coca-cola colgate um brands like that that's been around for a, a long time walmart mm -hmm. things like that right mm -hmm. so they have this this big reputation to protect so their concerns around brand safety and the type of creator that they work with are important Right. Mm -hmm. But in some of the conversations that, that I'm having, I'm like, you know, I, I hear you on the brand safety part, but you have to recognize that some of that is built on bias. Right. Like you, you, you might think that when you hear, uh, you know, black women in conversation be like, yes, bitch, that might that might sound offensive to you. Right. Because that's just not where you come from. So but that's our that's this is where we come from. This is how this is who we are. This is how we you know, we, we carry on. And, and for some influencers, that's just the nature of their platform. And that's what their audience recognizes and, and loves and appreciates about them, you know, and for them to be on a block list or for them to be on a list where it's like, oh, this person isn't brand safe because of the vernacular that she uses. It limits the growth of the black people in the space. It's, and it's really, it's even, it's even harder for the LGBTQ plus, I think they added another one, I? It's LGBTQIA plus. IA plus, right. So it's, it's really hard for that community as well um, to negotiate deals because of this brand safety, brand safety uh, issue and things in this, in this space. But Everyone has the opportunity, to answer your question, everyone has the opportunity to uh, monetize their audience, monetize their platform, monetize their expertise. So let me say one more thing, and then we, and we gonna get you out of here, because I know, I understand, I overstand. We stay on, on, you know, sometimes with our guests for a long time, because we really want to get to the nitty gritty of what's going on. Um, let's talk about brand safety for a second. That was one of my other questions. I wrote down, What's the do's and don'ts, right? So for influencers um, and, and, and people, even like the two of us, if we're pissed off about something that's going on in the world or, you know, there are other people who maybe they want to, um, you know, they, they, they want to show their damn near their whole ass on this page today. And then they want to go. So if I'm pissed off about whatever kind of political issue, th that probably impacts the amount of 
in brands that would be willing to work with us or with me or, you know, with anybody. So it's from everything from being explicit to being too political, being whatever. And I don't think you'd ever be too political, but just for the sake of this uh, conversation. So what have you found to be do's and don'ts of how people are using their social media platforms just in their regular everyday lives? Do you think it's two separate pages? I thought that at one point that it'd be two, it's two separate pages. But what I found is that when, when most people take, they look at everything, right? When most brands are trying to find individuals, they don't just say, oh, well, that's your personal page. They're more so concerned about who you are as a person, mm-hmm. right? You know, so talk about the do's and don'ts. Um, so interestingly, I've, I've, I've pitched you before and I've run into this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, same thing, you know, with Yandy, like I, I, I pitch all of you guys, right? And I've, I've run into this, this brand safety issue. And, you know, I, it's, I have conversations with brands like, you want you want reach you want to be a part of this conversation but you want it to be um watered down politically correct politically correct you want, mm-hmm. you want it to be politically correct you want it to be softly delivered so but that's just that's just not that's not how it works um but what i would say to you know creators really trying to figure out censorship in in you know for lack of better words is just be mindful of if you want to take this as, if you want to make this a career, like if you want to work with major brands, then look at who they are and really consider, is there going to be real alignment? And if Mm -hmm. you're not saying, you know, um, dumb down your content or not be authentic, what I'm saying is keep things in mind. Scrub your, your, your page every six months, you know, just to make sure, right? Like nothing is overly offensive, um, but also being, just be who you are, right? You have to kind of stand firm and this is who I am and this is how my content shows up in the mm-hmm. state because I serve my people, right? right. You either want to be here or not and, and trust that the right partnerships will come along. Like mm-hmm. not every brand needs to be up under your brand and you don't need to be up under everybody else's brand mm-hmm. if it does not align, right? But I don't think that people should, I don't think you need to create a, a brand safe page and that's just too, it's already a, a, too much to create content for a billion other platforms. You know, I just think that you have to just be mindful of what, the content looks like if that mm. is a hard question it's, it's it is because it, it just basically comes down to you just got to know what you want you got to know what you, you understand want. what i'm saying if you're trying to attract certain kind of individuals certain kind of brands you got to understand that certain things don't attract those individuals and mm-hmm. then you got to say to yourself well i don't care because i'm authentically be me and i'm willing to deal with what comes with being me I yeah, and when, when you stand firm in who you are it's easy to say no respectfully like this, this doesn't align. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. And even the, the, no matter how much money they offer, like it just, this does not make sense. And being okay with you pitch yourself and you don't get it because they don't feel like the brand aligns. It's that's okay. Like that is okay, but don't go and 
change who you are just to accommodate a brand. That's well, you have to feed your children. And you, what we do ain't for everybody. That's all I'm saying, right? Like, so I, cause I want to be sensitive to like, we want everybody to be as outspoken on issues as we are, right? And I don't know if I can, if I, don't I, know if I want that. I don't think I want that. No, but what I'm saying is that I do. I want, Hold on. I want people to be authentic because if you outspoken just because I want you to be outspoken or you you're just following something that's not really you that doesn't fit who you are that you can't stand on that you can't say well I need to feed my kids then it ain't for you because I'm not that's never going to be a conversation I have whatever I say or whatever I stand somebody come to me and say well you said this I'm gonna say I said it there's never going to be a conversation that they're going to have with me. I'm going to say, well, I got to feed my kids or I got to pay my... That's never going to be a conversation for me. So I think well, if you what have I'm to saying... have that conversation, then whatever you're doing doesn't coincide with who you are. No, well, what I'm saying, when I say I want everybody to be out, as outspoken, what I mean by that is that I want people to care about the issues and to speak up as well. So, I, so in my mind, if you're saying something, you would have educated yourself, you care about this or whatever. I want, and, and maybe being outspoken is the wrong place to start, but what I should say is I want everybody to be as outraged as I am about so much shit that goes on in this nation, right? So understanding that, I also am sensitive to the fact that what we do comes with a lot of sacrifice because I'm pretty sure that all the times that you tried to pitch me here there in the third place, and you have these walls that go up, it gets to be frustrating. We have a number of individuals that come to us and they're like, yo, I got this idea. I'm going to put you on. We had a guy who was a friend of my son's telling us, nah, we're going to, you need that. I need a um, biopic, you know, that we need to get a film done about your life. Your books are great. I'm going to go. I'm going to talk to this person. I know for sure. And I just, you know, when I'm thinking to myself the whole time, just listening to the, the spaces that he was intending to go to, it's not going to happen. Because I already know that it's going to get blocked by certain individuals who work within TV, who work within entertainment. I already know those individuals are going to say she can't be on here because of this, 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 and this, and this, her previous relationships, her current relationships that I already know what they're going to do. Right. So based upon that, I, I know that it is a major sacrifice that you're taking and making when you choose to step on the side of being um, more outspoken about the issues. So mm -hmm. therefore, if you need to feed your family and you are afraid and you're scared, don't come step over here with us because you are, you, no, for real, don't step That's over what I'm here. saying, though. That's pretty much what I'm saying. 100%. This it. ain't for you. It's not for you because it's hard. It's mm -hmm. tough. It's no joke. Like when, you know, it's no joke what we deal with. Mm -hmm. So don't step over here. Now, that's but not I a think good that, thing. I also think that people don't Google themselves enough. Like, take the time. To, to check on your reputation. I haven't looked at a Google about my name. I can't though, because there's so many lies. But that's, the thing. that's where I'm going, right? Like a lot of people allow other people to drive the narrative on who they are, right? Mm. Because 
while you may speak about the things that are going on in the world, because that is who you're called to be, that doesn't mean that your character is awful, right? That doesn't mean you're a terrible person. And sometimes this is where a PR strategy needs to come into play so that you can have the, the, um, the digital footprint of your character to, to back up whatever negative, whatever hearsay is out in the world as well. Like there has to be a balance. Like I think that it, it's, it's really important, especially for public figures to pay attention to their personal reputation and devise a personal strategy on, this is what I want people to find when they look for me. Mm. If you put my name in, this is what I want you to find. Not mm. what other people are searching for. You have to be proactive in the positive information that's being put out into the digital space um, as well. Sounds mm. about right. Yeah, you got a grip. I mean, you know what to do. Because <laughs> I just know what, what I hear what all these brands are doing. We like when we do a deep vetting on our side, but when it goes to the brand and then it goes to their legal, they're Googling everybody. They're not just going to your social page. They are, they're literally typing your first and last name in and doing a full-on investigation. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. And I'll tell you another thing. We, 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 we have internal conflict about this all the time, especially my son and me. We, you also have to know that the things you say and the ways in which you um, present online doesn't just impact you. It impacts everybody that works with you, everybody around you, right? And, and that's, a, that's a tough conversation to have with somebody who is speaking up because they really truly do believe in something and they want to say it. So it's like, you know, I, 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 and not just with how you present online, but just how you move in general. So I am the person who um, you know, made, uh, it's just for the purpose of us not getting into a long dialogue about it, but I made certain moves, um, and went places and was in, and, and, in relationship with certain people and other people around me had absolutely nothing to do with it. But when the heat came down, it impacted everybody. Right. And, and then how a brand feels when they work with you. Yeah. They it feel like me. they are getting in bed with you and that mm -hmm. they because they work with you, they stand behind all of your beliefs, everything you've said, everything you've done. That is why it's challenging for a brand to commit to a partnership because it's a real partnership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then people will use it against you and force you to have to speak against your own or to speak up for something that you don't even believe in. So it's a real tough space. And like I said, a lot of people just don't know, they don't understand. And some people are not ready. Like you think you are, but you're not necessarily ready because it comes with a lot. And um, it's not, you know, it's not easy. I, I would never forget that my Cadillac commercial, which by the way, I never talked to Cadillac one day in my life. I talked to a black ad agency that asked me to um, do this ad, which was for Women's History Month. And the way in which people went crazy about that ad um, and started like calling the company and it was all types of people. You know, there were, there was a, a trans woman in the ad. So there was the anti 
LGBTQIA community calling um, Cadillac. Then there were the white supremacists calling. Then it was just the anti-Tamika people. Then it was the black, uh, you know, people who feel like I shouldn't have brand endorsement work. So it was so much, and and it really impacted the relationship. Now, thankfully, we moved past it. Life is, you know, going on, and no weapon that's ever been formed against me has prospered. But nonetheless, it was a really difficult time to have all of this going towards this brand. And they didn't even have, they really didn't even know me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it, and people don't really understand all the details. They don't really get it, but everybody's just so caught in their own thing. So anyway, uh, it's much love to you, Latoya. I appreciate you for helping us to get a little bit deeper into it, this influencer marketing world. Um, yeah. Black Girl Digital is a real business doing real uh, numbers for influencers from our community uh young black girls do you work with the black boys too or we do we do we, do. we um, it just it, again it really depends on the audience that the client is trying to reach and we'll kind of structure the partnerships um that way so yeah we started with we started with boys huh we're not leaving the boys out i actually feel like we need more uh, black men um empowerment things because they when i run into black men I mean, they they feel left out. They feel I mean, left out of a lot of conversations, <laughs> and you know they want to they want to win too. And I, yep. I think we need to make more space for them to to win and thrive as well. Great, well, thank you, Toya Shampo, Black Girl Digital. Thanks for joining the Street Politicians. Keep being great, Queen. Appreciate you. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Right. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. 
Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Shout out to Latoya Shambo. Her information was critical. You know, I think is, you know, even though she's right, you know, anybody can be influencers, but I just think we're in the day of where the troll turns into an influencer. And there's so many trolls online that call themselves influence and they're actually influencing people with stupidity, you know? So I'm glad that we have um, organizations and corporations and and people like Latoya who are able to take real influencers and market and strategize and, and make it into something that's, you know, that's viable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I think what she's talking about is kind of like, it's just like the information you don't know, but you're trying to like find your way. And there, and for her to be somebody who actually has studied um, the digital marketing space and, and brand uh, partnerships, She's like, that's somebody that a lot of people need. Like a lot of people do have dope pages and they don't know how to move the page to like becoming a viable um, opportunity for major brands. And so there's money to be made there. Like there's so much money that's in the world for people to make in different ways, but you do need some type of expert support in helping to navigate the process properly, especially if, you know, because being an overnight success is not a real thing for most people. So some people, they are an overnight success where they, um, you know, they just put up a post and the next thing you know, boom, everybody wants to deal with them. But most people have to work a little bit harder. Yes, you're 100% right. But the tro- it seems like the trolls work less hard. All they got to do is say negative stuff and create conflict amongst people who have some level of celebrity names and they get thrown all around, you know? So when you, you actually play by better rules and deal with morality and integrity and you just put out dope content, it's actually harder. So with that said, we're going to go to my I Don't Get It. So last week I saw that the Governor's Awards will be presenting Angela Bassett with an honorary Oscar. Why the hell does Angela Bassett need anything to be honorary? Like I'm this it's it's so it's so disturbing to me. Like I understand when you give somebody certain honorary things that they're really not in their field. Like, you know, when you get a doctorate's degree and you you know you've done so much other work that that they feel equates to being doctorate level. So they give you a doctorate and people have got honorary doctorates. But when you are actress, right? And you act 
at the level that Angela Bassett has acted her whole career. You know, when you, when you deserve to get Oscars, when you deserve Academy Awards and you don't receive them. I think to me, to give somebody an honorary Oscar that deserves a real Oscar doesn't make sense to me. Why don't you just give the lady the Oscar that she deserves? We don't want no honorary shit. But it's too different. I don't different. know how she I mean... feels about it, but for me, it's like, no, I think it's, I think it's a slap in the face. You know, I think the fact that, you know, especially what she did in Wakanda forever, and she wasn't, and everybody know that she deserved that record. I think it's time, some level trying to mend some bullshit you did wrong, but no, you don't deserve no honorary shit. She deserved the thing. The thing. Well, like, so for instance, I have three honorary doctorates. And the other day, um, I tagged you to a post where I was kind of like, oh, if people were saying, because you had said already, you were like not understanding this whole thing about Angela Bassett and the honorary Oscar. And I agreed with you. And then I didn't know anything about the Governor's Awards. I just saw honorary Oscar and was like, what is that? It didn't matter to me who was giving it to her. I just still think that it's it's very... Um, it's very disrespectful. And so, so then, um, I, um, so, so then I tagged you somewhere in one of these posts that was also saying the same thing. Somebody else was like, nah, I don't think this is cool. And then someone wrote a comment back and I don't know if they were trolling because it was me or if they were just making a, a, a general statement. They said, they said, it's sort of like, getting an honorary doctorate so they might have been trying to like diss me or they might have just been you know offering that as their thought and the thing that came to my mind i know that the honorary doctorates are given from institutions that you may never have attended their school right you didn't go to their college um or and you didn't necessarily study to your point whatever specific coursework they have but you've done enough in your daily life or in your field or in some capacity that makes the institution want to have your name associated with them at that high level of giving you a doctorate degree right so yeah. that does make sense a hundred percent and some people would some people would say well you didn't earn it and i know people who definitely feel that if you received an honorary doctorate you did not earn it so from my perspective because I try to balance the two thoughts, which I probably shouldn't, but I do. I don't, I don't necessarily use Dr. Tamika Mallory. I don't write that. I don't say it. I don't write it anywhere, whatever, even though other people say it about me. And, um, and, you know, I've shown up at events and my place cards or the program book or whatever, or when they introduce me, it says Dr. Tamika Mallory and they state it. And it is true because when you have an honorary doctor from an accredited institution, you are Dr. So-and-so. But I do try to balance the idea that I had I did not study at the institution and, and work every day in the same way that some of the other students have. Now, I do also recognize that some people who went to, to get their doctorate degrees, while it's tough, it's not easy, it's a lot of work. If you look at what I've done, it runs down the same path, right? Like the, 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 the sacrifice, the work, the hard time, the hours, the whole thing. So I get it, but I do try to balance that thought. So that brings me to when I think about Angela Bassett, she can't, even though she might feel great that the academy, you know, that these people are honoring her in this way, 
she I don't think that she's going to feel maybe we're we're speaking for her. We don't know. A hundred percent whole until she actually receives the Oscar that she deserves. Now, one thing about it that that it since we now have learned that this is the same academy that does the governor's awards. One thing that is important to note is that people vote. Right. There are people who vote. And I don't know if you saw the comments from the racist who's on the board, the Academy board. They didn't say his name or her name. Um, they didn't say their, their name. But the person was like, I'm tired of all of this, you know, diversity and and, you know, give a black person an award like no work for it, which is very much so in line. They said she, that she just wasn't good. She just wasn't good or they weren't good, like the black people in the category, they just weren't good, which is very much in line with what's happening with the affirmative action piece. There is a, a, an attempt to roll back any opportunities that have been created for us when you look at an, an, an inequitable society. But Angela Bassett is not even that. She can outact damn near anybody. So to me, the, it's, it's a slap. To me, it's a slap in the face, but she might not feel that way. No, and that's what it is for me. It's like when when you look at you, you your your example is exactly what I'm saying. You 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 you're an expert in a field, right? And people acknowledge the expertise in the field that you are, so they give you an honorary doctorate because the field that you have you have reached a level of excellence is is something that they want in you in that field to be attached to that you know to that um facility. But uh, institution, institution, rather, my fault mm -hmm. to that institution. But when you when you are expert in your field, right, and they fail to give you the degree that you earned, and then they want to give you an honorary degree in that same field in that same institution, I don't think it's right, you know. And I don't know how she feels about it. And I'm not speaking on behalf of her, right? When you get an honorary award, it means that it might not be something that you've actually earned per se in that field. But we believe that you deserve it. And I don't well, I think, but see, but, but going back to the voting process, it's possible that this the academy recognizes that she should have got it, but because they can't override, quote unquote, the voting process, they're now doing something to show the, uh, the actual academy's respect for her. Right. I don't know if that I don't know if that's the way to do it, but I guess I mean for me, you know, I don't know if I would like after I put all this blood, sweat, and tears and have years and in movies where I know I deserve some level of an Oscar and not get it, and then you know, decide that you want to honor me in a non-televised event that's still attached to the same, you know, the same academy and saying it's an honorary thing. I don't know if that's something I want, but, and I don't, and I, and my personal thing is I think she deserves more. So that's why I don't get it. I just believe that she deserves more. And, you know, I don't want you to try to appease. No, we want what we deserve. We want what we earned. We don't want you to give us the honorary shit. We want the shit that we've earned and she's earned it. And that's well. how I feel. And on that note, that brings us to the end of another dope episode. Shout out to Latoya Shambo about coming up here and explaining to us and breaking us down about Black Girl Digital and all the amazing work that she's doing and actually helping us to understand what we be needing to do 
on our social medias, you know. How you post, she says, what you post. Yes, how you post, what you post. And you might have to pay a couple dollars for promo. And it ain't cheating. I did it while we were talking. I boosted. Yeah, um, I boosted the flyer for um, AJ Owens, the flyer for AJ Owens for the rally for Saturday. Yeah, shout out to that. We're definitely going to be there, you know, so pull up if you in Florida, pull up. We're going to be out there in Florida for AJ Owens. And um, that brings us to another end of another episode. And shout out to all of our followers, street politicians. Go to Street Politicians Pod. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us how much you don't like us. Give us some ideas for shows. But keep us number one, number one podcast in the world. We love you. We appreciate you. And we're going to always do what we got to do on Street Politicians. We ain't going to bite our tongue. We don't care about no brands. You don't want to mess with us. Then cool, because we're going to be authentic. And we're going to keep on doing what we do. I don't care. Tamika's not going to always be right. She ain't going to always be wrong. But she's going to always be authentic. And so am I. Peace. Peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.